we built the kind of business that I teach now, which is, you know, with real estate as the vehicle to all the things that you want in your life, not the only thing that matters. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow Up gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. What's up, real estate rock stars? Welcome. Today, I get to hang out with Jess Lenouville. There's so many things that we can talk about, and there's just no way that we're going to be able to do it in the half hour that we have. She's an author. She's a former team leader. She's a coach. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for being here with us today. I am so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, you just made a, a magnificent move to somewhere beautiful. Can you please just tell us where you're yes. sitting? <laughs> I have moved, I moved about six months ago uh, to Eleuthera, Bahamas. Um, yeah, I found my, my own personal little paradise here. It's been absolutely amazing. 
And it's a well-deserved move and, and one that's been, been coming after uh, a lot of hustle. And so you've been on quite a journey over the past, I think, 14 or so years, maybe longer. So maybe just walk our listeners and our viewers through what that looked like mm-hmm. from when you were a, an agent in Toronto to uh, some of the things that you've accomplished over the years, because it's quite a list. Yeah. So uh, I got into real estate when I was 21. Um, my mom actually has been an agent for 35 years. So I really grew up in the industry. I was that kid who used to sit and get dragged around in the backseat of her car with her Pearly's map book in my lap, right? That was like my <laughs> right. only And uh, then when I, when I was coming out of university, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no real concept of what the rest of my life was going to look like, what I wanted to do for, for work as a grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was an interesting journey. My mom basically said, get your license and see if you like it. And so I did, I had nothing else planned. Um, I fell in love with it actually quite quickly and built, you know, I sold real estate in Toronto for 14 years, um, built a multi seven figure team, which was really great because it was like a small lean family, um, we did a lot of business, but we also had a lot of fun and had a lot of freedom built into it. Uh, that wasn't necessarily how it started. The first time I really scaled my real estate business, I did it on my own. It was me wearing every hat and it was mm. awful. I was burnt out and stressed out and my phone would ring and I would cry. Uh, <laughs> and so I've had, I, I've, I've, I've run the gamut in terms of like all the different, you know, struggles that people in real estate have gone through. And then in 2017, I had a bit of a kind of come to Jesus moment where I was like, I just don't feel like I'm doing what I meant to do. I love this industry. I love what I've been able to build, but it just, there's something missing for me. And to be honest, I didn't know a tremendous amount about the coaching industry or, you know, the personal development industry or anything like that, but I knew that I wanted to help other agents. And so my incredible husband and I made a transition. We shut it all down. Someone else from my, from my old team owns and runs that team. And he and I started again. We really built the listing slab up from pretty much nothing in a very short period of time. When we do things, we do them all in. So we moved to California for six months, five and a half, six months, um, built the listing slab, started scaling it, started building out all of the automation for it to, to continue to grow, started building our team. And that was 2018. So now 2022, we've had thousands of agents go through our programs and yeah, I live in the Bahamas and life is good. <laughs> I just want to go back to one thing that you said to me that uh, that really resonated. And I'm certain that it's going to resonate with other listeners. My phone would ring and I would cry. Now, listen, you will only know what that feels like unless you've been a really successful real estate agent. And that's a sign of so much opportunity and not enough horsepower and interest in the business anymore. You're like, how do I escape all of this opportunity, but how do I take advantage of it? Because I've literally spent the last X number of years trying to get to this point. And now that I'm here, it makes me sad. So, so talk to me just about those moments and, and, yeah. and how they help propel you forward. Because I know for me, it was a key time in my life as well, but I want to hear your story around that. I think that any big change that you make in, in your life ever is always moving away from pain and moving towards pleasure. 
right? And it, in that moment, I just felt so depleted and I felt like I just didn't have anything left for me. And I start my book with this story that we call the spaghetti incident that is, you know, the gist of it is that I'm sitting on date night with my husband who anybody who knows me knows that I am absolutely obsessed with him. We've been married for coming up on nine years. And like, he's like, just like my reason for everything. And my phone rang on our date night and I spit the spaghetti that was in my mouth into my napkin and I picked up the phone. And it was there was this just spiral that happened from that moment that really changed everything. And I realized that what I was building and I was justifying as I'm building something for us mm -hmm. was val not values aligned with what was coming out of my mouth. You know, like I was literally. saying, literally coming out of my mouth, what I was saying that I was doing and what I was doing it for wasn't showing up in, in the way that I was prioritizing anything. And so it became super important to me to shift that. And I stopped trying to do everything on my own. I started, you know, as Tim Ferriss would say, eliminating, automating, and then outsource. And, and I really just, it, it all came down to... I needed to make different choices and I needed to change the business model that we were operating. And just like anything else, when something becomes glaringly obvious and you can't unsee it, we changed it very quickly and we built the kind of business that I teach now, which is, you know, with real estate as the vehicle to all the things that you want in your life, not the only thing that matters. I love this so much. I was on a podcast with my friend Micah Yela last week. He asked me, what's the single most important decision that you've made that's contributed mm. to your success today? And I said, the wife that I chose to marry. And really, 100%. I convinced 100%. her to marry me. And and I, I, I knew that that would resonate with you because it's, it's clear that we share that same opinion. And uh, my wife and I work together as well. And you said the whirlwind that happened after that. And I have to presume that reading between the lines there, there was a conversation that, that was had at the dinner table about the life that you were building and, and how it was contributing mm -hmm. or not contributing to the growth of this relationship. Did I read that correctly? Absolutely. And, you know, it's I love that you just said that. I actually made an Instagram reel last week about the biggest, the biggest thing that has propelled my success forward is the person that I married. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron, which is taking for a quick commercial break, but I think you guys are gonna think this is super cool. I recently got to interview Pavan Agarwal. He is the founder and CEO of SunWest Mortgage Company, and they have this really cool thing I wanna share with you called Morgan. After years of development, SunWest Mortgage Company, a national leader in mortgage originations and servicing, has launched the newest iteration of proprietary AI platform, Morgan. SunWest's novel application of open ledger technology is groundbreaking and will redefine how real estate sales are transacted. I got to ask him all about this in our interview and the technology is so neat. You don't have to be doing loans with SunWest Mortgage for it to be of value to you, but listen to this. AI technology converts a pre-approved property specific loan to a property agnostic tradable token, like an NFT. I'm still learning about NFTs and he explained it to me in the meeting how this is going to work and how once they approve something, other you only have to get approved once. Other lenders can then 
bid to do the loan for you after that quick approval. This approach not only opens buyers and sellers to wider opportunities, but empowers all income bracket borrowers with the ability to present offers with certainty without open-ended financing contingencies. Thus, the borrower is now armed with the strength of an all-cash offer that sellers prefer. 99% of thousands of loan conditions SunWest received daily were received within two hours, and over 30% of those were reviewed within only 30 minutes. So whether you need an updated pre-approval at 10 p.m. on a Sunday or instant feedback on guidelines, Morgan is free and available 24 hours a day to cater to your mortgage needs. You want to try this thing out? Go to usemorgan.com. I asked him about this during the interview. I started using it and started playing around with it. You just go to usemorgan.com and you start having a conversation. Whether you're asking about getting your buyer pre-approved, whether you have a question about a, a buyer that just bought a car and if they're still going to be approved now or how that might change. These guys are doing some really, really cool things in the business. They said in the next six months, they're going to start to get approvals down to within just minutes, like full lender approvals within just minutes using this AI tool, not talking to a person, but like texting things back and forth and working it out. So go check out this new technology, usemorgan.com. Yeah. It's your passion and you can trust this person to be the auditor that we often don't get. Yeah. The thing that I really appreciate for me in my business is that, you know, when you're the boss, you kind of have this, this underlying privilege that nobody really prepares you for, you know, all your ideas are generally the best or they, nobody says anything or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you just kind of do your thing and everybody kind of goes along, but you know, you can count on a solid life partner just to tell you that that idea is shit and you yeah. are an asshole to or that you, person. You've got on, you've gotten off track. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you really ought to make a phone call and apologize to that person for how you worded them on the phone yesterday. Yeah. And, you, and like, yeah. who else in your organization is going to share with you these insights? There's no nobody. one. Yeah. No. And, and I think that there's, there's magic in that. And, and also understanding that I am definitely the more entrepreneurial of the two of us. Mm -hmm. And at no point has he ever said, you know, you, you can't do that or don't spend that money or, you know, anything. It was just always, I trust you, you do what you need to do and, you know, we'll figure it out. That's awesome. And I think that that's, it's, it's an amazing gift. How have you identified your lanes over the years? Because I, I know that in my relationship and in other successful relationships that are also business partners, it has seemed to me that there's importance in identifying lanes and staying in them. Have you done that? I do think that I have. Um, I get asked to move in a lot of different directions, especially I think that, that this happens whenever you create even any kind of name recognition. I get a million opportunities kind of flying at me all the time. And mm. people saying, you know, I'd love to do this with you or, you know, I'd love you to, to start... I could probably have a, a thousand businesses at this point with all mm. of the with all of the offers that kind of come in our direction. And it's really come down to I know what I do, I know what I'm good at, I know my niche extremely well, and I'm focused on excellence in one direction. And, you know, I've had people say, you should build a brokerage, or you should do this, or you should do that. And and I've always said, you know, I'm gonna do one thing really, really well first. And then we can talk about that later. But I'm not where I want to be with this one thing. And I think that, especially in real estate, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome. And it's very easy because a lot of us are extremely entrepreneurial. And, 
with that visionary type persona also comes loving to build new things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't always serve us in terms of the long-term vision of what we're building. And so I've become very good at, and I will definitely wasn't always, but I've become very good at always keeping that end vision in mind and only mm-hmm. saying yes to the things that get me closer to that and not yeah. the things that take me off track. And I think that that has been, that's been an incredible, an incredible lesson because I haven't, like I said, I haven't always made the, the best decisions with everything that I've ever done. But um, I've always really believed that focus breeds excellence. Mm-hmm. And the more focused I am on the one thing or, you know, the, cor- the, the quarterly rocks that we're really focused on or, you know, that, that small hinge that's going to swing the big door, instead of task switching, even just in the day, just staying as focused as possible on the things that we're doing that we know are going to be effective and that are going to be the highest and best use of our time. So many questions for you, but I have two. The first one is um, deferred gratification is one of the hardest things to do, to teach and, uh, and to maintain in our own businesses. And so I have to presume that that's something that's built into your coaching programs is helping you know, these visionaries, these leaders, these realtors who probably all to some degree have varying forms of ADHD, helping them anchor in in some sort of uh, interim gratification. And you mentioned the word uh, quarterly rocks, which has me mm-hmm. thinking that you probably follow EOS and a red rocket fuel and all these books. So, yep. so could you just walk us through that, how you've built that into your own organization and how you've used these things in your own trajectory and if, how you could support other agents in accomplishing the same thing. Well, I'm a really big believer that if you don't know where you're going, you will never get there. And so everything that we do is, is hundred percent focused on not only for our business, but also in terms of the people that we work with, what is the end result? Where are you going? And then everything can be reverse engineered from there, right? And, and so it really comes down to making sure that agents don't end up five years down the road thinking, how did I get here? This isn't the business that I wanted. And a lot of that comes down to not planning or not being clear on what the vision, whether it's five years or 10 years down the road, and not reverse engineering it and not making every single decision is this in alignment with getting me closer or further away from what my ultimate, my ultimate picture of what things are going to look like? Look, like, is, is, is that where we're going? So, you know, even with us, we are really, really focused on, yes, we do the 10 year, three year, one year, and then the quarterly rocks. I love the idea of quarterly rocks because it's so easy to sit down and say, okay, what do we want to get done this quarter and have 30 things on the list? Right. And yeah, we may have 30 things that we would love ideally to do. And then what most people do is they just start kind of banging them out in order instead of actually really prioritizing. The way that Quarterly Rocks really works well for us and with the agents that we work with is the way that Gino Wickman, um, he describes it is like you have a jar. And if you put in your two to three rocks, your non-negotiables into the jar first, then all of the other mud and sand and water and all the other stuff will come in and fit in around it. If you don't put those rocks in first, then they won't fit. Mm -hmm. And so really at the end of the day, if those rocks get accomplished every quarter, it's a win. 
right. whether the other 27 things got, got done or not, those were the two or three priorities that were going to have the most impact in terms of moving the needle in the direction that we wanted them to, things to go. So I think sometimes what we do is we overwhelm ourselves with there's too much to do. I don't know where to start. I really love the, the idea of, well, let's just do the things that absolutely have to get done. And then everything else is gravy. It'll get done. It'll come along for the ride, won't it? Yeah. 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 I love this awareness that you have around um, the strengths and weaknesses of people in the industry, regardless of where they are in their businesses. Because I think there is this misconception that just because a person has built a large team and is doing a lot of production, that they already have EOS built into their organization or that they already have their quarterly rocks or that they mm -hmm. have some, some massive system for implementing. Uh, I, I know for years personally, you know, I just kind of triaged by adding hours and solving problems and putting yeah. big fires out. And periodically I'd have a chance to work on the business and, you know, that'll work to a point, but it doesn't really mm -hmm. help scale massively. And, and interestingly to your point, the, the questions that I was being asked when I was working with coaches over the years was really like, hey, Courtney, what do you want to do right now? And so when you think of it from the context of a person who's completely disorganized and doesn't have a clear vision and doesn't have their rocks set, that's actually the wrong question. Yeah. You know, you've got to go back even more foundationally, despite the fact that at that point I might have been doing three or 400 transactions a year, you still need to go back and, and ask these people like, okay, Let's not talk about the next widget. Let's not talk about even your leadership style. Let's not talk about your recruiting methods. Let's actually talk about how we're going to measure success. How will we know in 12 months time that we've knocked some things out that needed to be done, recognizing there's other things that are just going to happen along the way that you yeah. might have been too uber focused on. So I think it's just really important that you're asking these questions and a sign of the sophistication of your program. That's fantastic. It's really, I think what sets us apart is it's, we also don't assume that success looks the same for every person. And, and I think that that's something that we see so often is this cookie cutter approach to ev this, you know, every single person should have a team that looks exactly like this, or every single person should have these systems and this, this idea of like what the metric of success looks like. And that's not the case for each person. We have people in our programs who want to sell their business in three years and they want the highest valuation. We have other people who want to, you know, run a multi seven figure business and profit and be out of production. We also have other people who want an eight figure, eight figure a year business and want to be the dancing bear and want to be a celebrity within their marketplace. And all of those three things are very different when we come to build. And so it really comes down to being clear and having that that clarity in terms of what are you building? Why are you building it? Is it truly what you want? And then moving backwards from there. And I think that that becomes, if that's, that kind of becomes the, your guiding lighthouse in terms mm -hmm. of what you're building and where you're going. And that can change, of course. But I just think that there's so many people who are only thinking two deals ahead or only thinking a quarter ahead, as opposed to looking at the big picture and being able to break it down into, into manageable chunks. That's really true. I'm surprised by the number of people that I speak to and I ask them <clears throat> the question, how we'll measure success, right? Yeah. And then a lot of times it's around production. You know, there's some kind of improvement in production, you know, over the next 12 to 18 months, let's say. And then we ask them specifically what changes they have set out in order to accomplish those goals. And really there is no roadmap. And, and ultimately what that comes down to is 
I plan to work harder, get luckier and hope that the market improves. Yeah. Right. I'm going to just double down on the things that I've already been doing. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I both know that, um, you know, more of the same gets you more of the same. It doesn't get you something different. And people are often looking for something different. And that just requires a different approach. It requires different questions. It requires more mm-hmm. challenging questions. And a lot of times it requires personal change. And I think that's the thing Agreed. in my experience that people really haven't unpacked for themselves is like, it's not a matter of doing things so differently. It's actually a matter of being a different person deserving of this yep. type of success that we're seeking. Yep. And, and that's a real challenge, I think, for people. And you mentioned earlier on about the personal development piece. And so I'm just curious how you unfold that with with your clients and what your journey has been like in that personal development. Because I know that you don't get to be the type of person that you are now running an eight-figure business without going through dramatic personal change and making that a priority in that in that trajectory. So maybe you could help us understand that a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of introspection that has come with all of this and um, a lot of personal prioritization. Um, I think that the the number one thing that I've learned is that I have to, I come first. I come before anything or anyone else. And it allows me to show up in a different way and allows me to think in a different way. The things that were scary to me five years ago are things that I do on a regular basis now. Um, and they're just another thing in the everyday. I think a lot of the a lot of the the pushing through to create the kind of success that people want really comes down to doing it scared and changing your normal. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the first time that I spoke on a stage, I was absolutely terrified. I'm super introverted. I am happy on my on my couch by myself with a cat and a book, and. I'm not an extroverted person. I never have been, but I have periods now where I can be extroverted because I've learned how to manage my own energy and how mm-hmm. to really enjoy those times and how to manage my schedule and how to have boundaries around who I'm available for and who I'm not and who gets access to me and in how, in, in how, my, how many chunks, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it has just come down to my own energy management and saying no more than I say yes. And a lot of it has really been through my own just kind of self-exploration. I journal every single day. It is something that I have found has been better than any therapy I've ever paid for any like it's, it's, it's really been an absolutely life-changing part of what I do. Um, I know that there are people who are going to say, oh, you've got to read the miracle morning and you have to get up at 5am every day and you've got to do all of these things. I've tried pretty much everything and everything that I've ever tried has always come back to, I need to sleep. I am not a 5am person. I need to take care of myself in the hours that it makes sense to. And I need time alone in my journal daily. And I have learned more about myself and more about the way that I think and where the opportunities are in my own, in my own limitations, in my own limiting beliefs, in my own stories that I tell myself through my own journal than any other thing that I've ever done. But that's not necessarily going to be the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it really, I think for everybody, it comes down to prioritizing the search and trying to figure out what works for you. And I journal every day now, but I went through a six month period where I didn't. 
-hmm. And then I felt called back to it. And a lot of it just comes down to listening to what your needs are, Mm -hmm. not interpreting fear as a red light, but as a yellow light. And figuring out what it is that you want and who you have to become in order to have what you want. This is amazing. We could spend days talking about what you've just said, but I want to focus on the energy map because I can recall going through a very similar thing where I was asking myself questions like, will it always be like this? I don't want to feel like this. How Mm -hmm. do I do more of this and less of this? And then shifting my thought pattern around, like, it's not necessarily those things being bad. It's just Courtney Atkinson's energy in association to those things. And so let's first of all, just pay attention to the energy map in the day, the energy map in the week, the energy map as it associates to different things in the business, accept that all as being perfect without judgment, but, but try to find ways to, to make improvements either by letting some things go, uh, by doing a better job dealing with certain things you know, hiring out, doing Mm -hmm. whatever, and then also doing this personal work around trying to just feel better in the moments around all that stuff. And I think that's a, and for me, you know, because of children and so forth, I am that, you know, early morning person. But the advice I give folks is to do exactly what you just said, which is like, pay attention to your energy, sleep, whatever you want to sleep. If you're going to sleep from midnight to eight, if you're going to sleep from 2am to 10, whatever, get your eight hours. Yeah. Make sure that you know where you're in peak energy so that you're doing your hardest work during those times. And then if you've got some really easy stuff that you just know is going to get done, find it, you know, in the afternoons when you're half sleepy or whatever. And you just, you know, it's going to get done because you kind of like it and it's low vibe. Eat the frog. Exactly. So, and you know, it makes me think of, um, Ariana Huffington. She, she's such a great example of prioritizing herself. She will leave. She goes to bed at the same time every night and it doesn't matter if she's at a gala or if she's like being given an award, she, her team, she knows and she leaves. She's like, Oh, I've hit like, this is the witching hour. I'm going. And everybody just knows that of her. I think she goes to bed at 10. Um, and so she'll go to an event and she'll like, she'll do her thing. But even when her, when they're scheduling, like if she's speaking at like an evening dinner or something, she always speaks at the beginning because they know that she, like, she's going to leave at nine. That's cool. And, and it's just, it's, it's a well-known thing. And she's set that boundary in such a strong way because it's what actually serves her. And I mm-hmm. think in real estate, especially we have a tendency to be incredibly reactive and, that reactivity really doesn't serve us in terms of us taking care of ourselves and being the best version of ourselves on an ongoing basis, especially in the long term. And I remember being 21 and this agent that I looked up to said to me once, every single phone call that you miss could be $10,000. And Mm -hmm. it was such a toxic thought that was put into my head. And I struggled with it for years. And now I, what I, what I've done and what we teach is how do you set expectations Mm -hmm. with your clients, with your prospects, with your team, so that people understand that there is no such thing as a real estate emergency. Yeah. And that you being at your best benefits every single person. Right. 
In order to act on that, there's some very foundational pieces, though. There's moving to a state of abundance out of scarcity, which, you yes. know, can take can take years to really believe, right? Yep. And then there's this state of being where you feel like you actually deserve to have some control in this, which for many of us who are born pleasers and who became great in this business because we were willing to do whatever it took to have people yep. love us and regard yep. us and revere us and, and want to expand our circle of friends so that we could have more of that jam that made us feel so good. It's really a matter of like flipping the switch and saying, wait a minute, like, I need to have a bit of control here. And in order to actually feel respect and love, I need to put a little bit of a box around me, my life, and and how I'm going to fill that box up with the things that, mm -hmm. that really mean something to me. And that's a, that's a big shift for a lot of people. And so I want to just honor you for going through that transitionary time because I know how difficult it is. And, and, then, and then continuing on this trajectory of growing massive businesses and then taking it to the next level and, and deciding to move to a place that brought you complete and utter joy. That's just an amazing, it's an amazing story. Thank you. It's been, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're only six months in. So tell us, you know, if you could, um, if you could plan, you know, what the next two to three years are going to look like, how will you know that you've absolutely crushed it? You've made the right move. You're in your, in the most beautiful place in the world and your business is doing everything that you wanted. How, how, how would you paint that picture? I mean, really, I, I, that's something that we are actually currently working on, which is like the next three-year vision, because mm -hmm. my three-year vision that I created like just over a year ago has already come to fruition. So we're already there. I, I don't have a, a situation where I have a tremendous amount more that I'm kind of going after personally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel very at home here. I feel very connected to the community here. Um, if anything, I really think that I would I would like to be spending more personal time on a boat that I don't own yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and really kind of finding some hobbies that are unique to here. I'm, I'm in the exploring, pro, uh, in kind of like the, the time of ex exploration. I'm trying yeah. to figure out like, am I going to be a surfer girl? Yeah. in my 40s? Or am I going to like, what's my what, what are some things that I actually genuinely really love to love to do that I can do anytime I want here? Um, that, uh, you know, previous Jess from this other life didn't have access to. Mm -hmm. I just want to underpin something here, because I think something that so many of us need to hear is that you're not talking about doing less in your business, but you're taking your focus off of that. And mm -hmm. you and I can both be assured that in three years time, your business is going to be significantly bigger, yeah. uh, but that doesn't have to be your focus. You can accomplish that by placing your rocks in your personal life and, and looking introspectively and building the hobbies that maybe you haven't had the time or energy to do before. And I, I also really have an incredible team that I can mm -hmm. outsource outcomes to, right. right? I'm not just giving them tasks to do. They have, I, I can say, okay, great. I'd like you to generate 25% more business with the same amount of ad spend, go mm -hmm. forth and conquer. And it's up to them to figure it out and to come back to me with solutions because of the type of team that I have and, and the, the way that the, the structure of the business is set up. It's not 100% on me now anymore mm -hmm. to solve every problem. That's incredible. And those are, those are great words to finish on. I know that you've got a hard stop, Jess. So let me ask you this question. Uh, I'm certain that our, our, our viewers and listeners are going to want to connect with you. How can they best do that? 
Probably my Facebook group. So I have a Facebook group called the Listings Lab Method for Real Estate Agents. There's about 28,000 agents in that group. Um, that would be number one. Number two would be my book, which is called More Money, Less Hustle, Becoming the Seven-Figure Real Estate Agent. And it's available on Amazon. Cool. Jess, this has been a magnificent time hanging out with you. Thanks so much for imparting your wisdom and sharing your Thank story you. with us. Uh, we look forward to circling back with you and seeing Jess the surfer girl, Jess the basket weaver. <laughs> whatever um, it is. <laughs> Jess the mayor of your community. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jess. Have a great day. Take good care. Thanks, you too. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.